Hi folks, and welcome back to another South Pole podcast. I am Becky Zarzinski, your co-host for today's episode. So today's show is actually part two of the interview Doyle Unruh and I did with Bruce Shanks of Sassafras Valley Farm. And in this interview, Bruce goes over the term second chance cow and what that means for him on his operation. But he also takes a pretty deep dive into advice he would give new or beginner farmers when it comes to getting into the South Pole breed but also when it comes to the uncow part of it and making smart business choices when you go into farming. And then we conclude the interview with cow costs, what to calculate and what to consider. So enjoy. So Bruce, you and I have talked before about second chance cows. What would merit giving a a cow a second chance? I'd kind of like for you to describe that to people because, you know, in the back of your mind, you always say, if I call her, you know, I can't do that or she's really good. I think I made a mistake or, you know, maybe I pushed him too hard this year or, you know, maybe my bull, you know, if you have a high number, you know, you look at your bull, you test him. So it was a problem, you know, maybe walk people through that a little bit because the idea of this podcast is not to entertain the people that know how to do it is to educate people that are learning, wanting to learn. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a fair question. And I've spent, a, you know, some time already saying, oh, I'm never going to give a cow another chance and get rid of them if they're open. And, and I want to be clear that that's what I do. But, you know, we're pretty hard on our cows. Uh, they, they don't have an annual vaccine. They don't have a wormer no supplement other than mineral. We buy their hay and, and run on pretty rough ground. And so we're, we're putting them to the test. And so as we uh, generate open cows, and we certainly do in that system every year, you know, I'm already looking to the fall. And I'm going to have some open cows. It's just a product of, of what we're doing. Um, you know, we think those cows, although they're not going to go back into my, my operation, I'm not going to make fall calving cows out of them. Uh, that doesn't mean that, that I don't think there's some, some really good cows for somebody else. And, and, and I feel, you know, relatively comfortable uh, selling those cows to a producer that's trying to get started or somebody that's, you know, trying to replace a, another set of cows with something that'll work better for them. Cause I, I know they'll work better for them. They've, they've made it in my system up until that point. Uh, and, and rarely do I think that they even go on and, and, uh, disappoint, um, especially if they go to a better home. And so um, that, that's what I mean when, I've, when, when you and I have talked in the past and I, I bring up the idea of second chance cows. To me, those are cows that they didn't work for me, uh, but, but they, might work, they might work fine for somebody else. They're going to get them at a discounted price, um, but yet hopefully still get something that, that in their environment and under their management um, will go on and, 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 and be good productive cows. You know, do I think that there again, do they need to be producing herd bulls? No, probably not. But, but that doesn't mean that they can't, you know, they can't still be really good cows. So is it, it might well, just be mismanagement on my part. So. Sure. And not everybody is in it for seed stock and not everybody should be, you know, some people just need the good cow because she's producing steaks, roast, hamburger, you know, whatever in product. Um, and I think you said before, you know, how, how would you feel? If a producer is going to do something like that, you mentioned bulls and standing behind them is what I took from it. You know, sometimes you got to buy back an animal that didn't perform 
Um, same way for cows, like you're going to guarantee them that they will breed that first time or I'll take care of you or how's that work? Yeah, we, we've definitely, as we've marketed some of those second chance cows, as I call them, open cows, as, as, as you may want to call them, uh, we have, we've, we've even stood behind them and said, you know, hey, they're, they're going to work for you um, or, or, or we'll just own them back. And so, you know, the idea there is we're not selling something that's chronically open or, or had an issue. Uh, hopefully they're, they're cows that, you know, or maybe got a little thin under my system or whatever. Um, and, um, you know, so yeah, I, I usually don't have any problem uh, standing behind those. Um, you know, it, 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 it never fails that, you know, sometimes you get burned with stuff like that. If, if, if they go from my system and they go into even a harder system where somebody's not going to feed them at all, uh, th- then they probably don't stand a chance. Not, nothing would. And so, you know, there still has to be, uh, I talk a lot about low inputs, but but uh, they still have all the grass, or, you know, and or hay they can eat, and good water and all that. So uh, there's a there's a line in there for sure. So, well, for anyone that's listening, I've been to Bruce's farms. We've ridden around and seen some of it, seen some of the projects he's had going on. I've seen the cattle, very nice group of cattle. He does push them hard, but yeah, it's it's like you say. Us new people getting in, I say us new people, sometimes I still feel like a new person, but, you know, I feel like I've been doing about 15 years. Sometimes you push them starting out. You say, oh, they're so efficient, and you you all of a sudden realize you actually have not been giving them adequate forage. Yeah, yeah. Low input is one thing, but in my mind, low input is not defined by by a lack of, you know, a lack of forage. That's, that's for sure, so. Well, Bruce, I've got a kind of a slightly <laughs> – closing question here but for someone who's new into farming grazing management um or looking into get into south pole so this can kind of span over a couple of different topics here but can a new beginning farmer make a living farming and what i mean by that is if um if you could jump in from all over again because obviously you guys have grown over the course of the last um, few years, your operation, and you've been doing it successfully, it sounds like, would you suggest pears, seed stock, stalkers? Like if someone was handed some land or renting or leasing an attractive land and they wanted to get into South Poles um, because they think this breed could be really efficient on what they have, what would you suggest to somebody like that? You know, I might, I might, I might talk to you about a couple of different sides of it. And first, First, maybe focus on the South Pole side, and then second, maybe maybe some things to think about that that maybe don't have as much to do with the you know the cow genetics, but but the business side of things. And so, um, and I think I think by the way, I think both are really important. South Poles have been really good to us, um, but but we also they've had to conform to a business approach. And I mentioned earlier, you know, that, that was impressed upon me early on. And, and, uh, and so I, I never abandoned sight of that, but, you know, I, as far as what makes the most sense from a South pole point of view, I, you know, I think, I think some of it is, is, you know, depending on what the starting budget might be and, and, and how, you know, I've got some older folks that want to speed the process up. I got younger folks that have a little bit more time. And I think that depends uh, you know, stockers can make a lot of sense, especially if you've got an eye toward a, a meat business or something. But then there's some of us like me uh, that, that, you know, I, I like to focus on on what I do best. And, and I don't, 
you know, the, the idea of out peddling meat on, on a farmer's market on Saturday is not something that I want to do. And so, I, you know, I think there's a lot of variables there. You know, I still think a South Pole bull right now, though, at least if we're looking at the, the the calf raising side of it, I still think that's one of the most undervalued uh, uh, pieces of the breed right now. You know, given the price that heifers and pairs bring, I, those are tough. And you know, unless you got enough of a budget to get going, I think to me, you know, if we're going to raise calves, whether it be commercial calves or registered seed stock calves, you know, I, I still think the South Pole bulls the is, is where it makes a lot of sense that you can still buy South Pole bulls, plenty worth the money, uh, plenty reasonable. And, and if you do your homework, you can find some good ones out there. And so, you know, then you can begin to breed up with what you have or, or I don't care. I, I've even got a few longhorn cows, you know, go find something cheap like that. You can breed those up and, and you might have just as good of, as if you had some other fancy set of cows you were starting with. And, and, you know, but at the same time, we all have a little impatient streak in us. And so I, I tell my customers, get a good bull, get started that way. And if you can afford to buy one or two heifers, it'll give you a good comparison. You'll see how deep you want to go into the South Pole, um, you know, and, and, you know, maybe you can afford one or two, maybe not 20 or five or 10. And so that gives you something to start with. Um, you know, maybe they'll end up producing a bull for you someday. Uh, that, you know, maybe another, another heifer and you can grow that way. And then, you know, as you, as you grow, hopefully you can, I mean, we all have the bottom end, get rid of those bottom end cows that are too big or old or whatever it might be, you know, keep replacing those with half bloods and, and maybe you can buy a few more pure South Pole heifers as it makes sense. But I don't think you have to feel like you got to do that up front. So um, did, did that answer that part of your question? And I've got a little follow-up I want to say too, but um, does yeah. that, that make sense? Yeah. yeah, that makes total sense. And uh, I think a, a lot of people have kind of approached that question kind of the same way with, you know, the bull is get a bull and kind of start that way if nothing else and, and um, dive in and see if you like the breed or if it's going to work for you on your operation and, and your management style and then go forward from there. So, yeah, but what do you have to follow up with? Yeah. And, and you know, I guess to me, the other side to, to folks that are trying to get started and, and, you know, as you go back to my story, I had a, a missing piece and that was the, the South pole genetics. And so I, you know, I, that, that to me, that that's been critical, but, but I think there is a non-cow side of things that, that, that I have some pretty strong feelings about. And, and it's the things that it's the hundred dollar an hour jobs that we sometimes hate, but, but boy, if you're new and getting started, it takes a lot of money in this business. And so you have to be smart on that side of it. You have to watch the cost. You have to take the time to find cheap interest rates, uh, relationships with bankers, you know, that, it's a lot more fun talking about South Pole genetics, but the reality is, is, you know, to me, those things are, 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 are just as important. You know, time is, is, is a, is a valuable. And so you gotta be efficient in your operation. And, and, uh, the other thing is to me, cattle produce, we're all independent. We think we can do everything. You know, I'm going to be my mechanic. I'm going to build all my fences. I'm going to bail all my hay. Uh, I'm going to do everything. And, you know, to me, if you're if you're that good of a mechanic, maybe you need to be mechanic. And if you love it that much, just go be a mechanic. Uh, but for me, and we've circled around to this as we have more time, maybe we take on a few more of those tasks. But to me, you know, if I've got to hire out somebody to bail hay, 
hire out somebody to build fence or mechanic. And um, I'd rather run more cows. I think you got to find something you're good at and just do more of that. And, and, and you don't have to, to me, you don't have to be everything. Uh, let, let somebody else that's good at building fence, maybe build your fence because that'll free you up to do a better job with your cows. Even if you got to run more of them, because the one thing I hear a lot of young folks or any farmers say is we don't have enough time. Well, you know, one way to solve that is let somebody else do do pieces of that. And that that advice has been given to me before, and it, it, it it's it served me, you know, it served me uh, really well. And and you know, just to kind of continue on the business piece of it, equipment's a killer. We, we hear this a lot, and and of course, in the South Pole world, people are already kind of of a mind to have less equipment, but and, and we don't have much equipment. But I'll tell you, what I do have is like new because. You know, you can't afford breakdowns and, and you can either pay, make payments on new equipment or you can pay to repair it all the time. And so I, I tell people just live without it. If it's so important to you, you got to have it, then you can afford pretty good. If not, li- live without it. And so, you know, I really think we can save some money on that side. And, you know, and even in the grass based business, we can tend to make the cattle business more complicated than it needs to be. And so if I have one final piece of advice to, folks that are getting started is you know keep it simple don't worry about if that heifer's got a little white on her face or she's solid red those are things that don't matter worry about interest rates uh you know just keep find a simple recipe follow it and don't you know don't get lost chasing after gimmicks you know even in this low input world we're never it's hard to always be satisfied and i think we can overcomplicate something that's even you know that 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 at the end of the day is as simple as you know solar rays, uh, grass, water, and cattle. And, and it, it doesn't have to be a whole lot more complicated than that. So anyway. That's, I, all, that's I, awesome. That How, where and when can I sign up for Bruce's school of business here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you'd be my first, that'd be the first time that anybody's <laughs> ever signed up for that. But no, I, I do. I think, you know, I, I, I think those things are, they're not as romantic to talk about, uh, but, but they're, they're, they're just as equally important and not taking anything away from, south pole or the genetics because there again without that piece you know we we couldn't have got here but but you know it's still got to be a business and and we still got to do those those kind of things that 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 go along with it so yeah well that's good bruce i mean we're we're about education you know so when there's something that comes to your mind like that because you know it's like you say the fun part is going out there and seeing the new calves maybe going out there and working the cattle the bookwork is not the fun part, but that's where the bills get paid and the money gets made. That's exactly right. That's and, exactly. You know, I don't know that we're into the humor, but I heard a saying the other day that the difference between a farmer and a welder is the welder doesn't think he can farm. And you think about that for a minute, you know, <laughs> we're out there, we're trying to do everything because yeah. we think we think we can, you know, and farmers have to. But I really like your point maybe your time's better spent it's hiring a professional to come in and build that fence because it might last longer it's going to get stretched tighter you know those are good points yeah and like i said even if you've got to run more cows um it, you know if that's what you're passionate about and that's what you're good at then 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 focus on that and let somebody else you know turn the wrench or whatever or weld like you said so but uh and, you know and eventually and there again i've you know we're we're, we, we do a lot more of that kind of stuff these days and, and being full-time on the farm and having a full-time guy, you know, we, we, like you said, we have to now, but, 
but it hadn't always been that way. And and when time's short, you know, you got to look, look, look for other solutions. So. Well, and that's the best great thing about farming is that everyone's situation's different. Everyone is at different parts and times of their lives and has different financial um, stability or non-stability. And uh, we, we can all do farming a little differently, which is what we're all doing. And, and I think we, even over the years, change our minds about something, this, this or that. So um, that's all good to know and all good to know what everyone else is doing to give uh, you know, uh, some ideas what we can do and change on our own farms. So that's yeah, super yeah, cool. you're right. Tom- tomorrow's a new day, and and uh, you know I'm kind of getting old and setting my ways, but but I definitely have to be reminded every now and then that you know we we got to not get stuck in a box and always be willing to think outside of that a little bit, and there there might be a better way of doing it, and then that might change, and we have to go back and do something different. So, yep. so Bruce, our second to last question here, and I kind of labeled it bonus content. Because I, I know you're, you're, well, you just talked about business. So when I talk about people or two people, low input, can you give us a little general idea, either from your own farm or just say what you think should be possible? What should they expect or what should they be striving to get down to for an average, average year cost to carry, let's say, a pair because they're in the cattle business? You know, is that... Is that a hundred dollars? Is it five hundred dollars? Is it a thousand dollars? It obviously varies. But you talked about buying your cattle feed. I think you've told me before that that's your fertilizer input. You know, so you're you're doing two things at once. You're not you're not just going buying fertilizer to grow grass. You're rather buying feed and, and doing it that way because you know you have a Missouri winter to face every every uh, year. So I, I love to talk about annual cow costs because first of all, you see numbers all over the place and. And obviously, um, you know, one of our goals is to make that number as low as we can without, you know, sacrificing the other side of it, the revenue side of it. And so uh, that's something that we try to keep a pretty good handle on. When anybody asks me what are my cow costs, having said that, even though I do try to keep a good handle on it, it's pretty complicated because we've got some other pieces of our farming business. And so I sort of have to you know, share some equipment across those. And so it's, it gets a little bit hard for me to figure, but, but I figured it up. Um, oh, back in the winter, um, just to kind of see, see where we're setting and, and kind of, you know, see what makes sense. And then we're always trying to adjust sheep numbers relative to cattle numbers and, and so forth. And so it, I, I think today, based on calculations back in the winter, my annual cow cost is 650 bucks or so, give or take. Now that's return to land and labor. And I'll, I'll elaborate on that a bit. And at first glance, that number may seem high, but, but unfortunately I think a lot of people think about annual cow costs and, and they think about it in the things that are easy to see and right in front of you, you know, obviously hay or feed or whatever that might be, you know, those are the things that come to mind uh, pretty quickly. And, and, and of course, we count that, too, because we're running on mostly lease ground. I don't charge back my own my own land. Uh, I just simply do a cost and as a return to uh, to my land. But and the other thing is labor. Uh, you know, if you don't pay yourself, it's not a cow cost. Right. Well, um, to me, that's not a very good way of doing things. And so I'm always quick to say, well, I didn't add labor in, but, but please understand that I didn't add labor in. And so that also has to be 
taken into account. But there's other things too. Depreciation of cows is a huge one uh, that gets left off of most people's list. Uh, there again, it's not something right in front of you, but it's pretty simple. You know, if you buy something for whatever, for easy math, $1,000, and you sell it at the end of its productive life for $500, then that cow has depreciated $500. And you can just simply divide that out by the number of years she was there and and you'll know what that figure is. And so obviously, the longer we can keep cows in production uh, and either the cheaper they are on the front end or the more value we can add to them when they're finally done, the better we can keep that number in check. But anyway, uh, taxes and insurance and and all of those things, uh, to me, have to be accounted for uh, when we're talking about annual annual cow costs. So that that's about where my number's at. Uh, I would get a lot of arguments that that number's too high or too low, and and uh, I would probably argue, you know, that if it's people that have it a whole lot lower than that, they may not be counting everything uh, like they should. But but I think that's a important thing, Doyle, to to keep an eye on that, and people should try to calculate it and see where they can see where they're spending their money and and uh, and not. So, you know, that's me being pretty low input they're not you know they're not getting a whole lot of extra but yet it's still there's still a lot of costs there so yeah well i mean you know traditionally we think of cattlemen not making any money and you know everybody's probably heard us heard somebody say well you can't make any money with cows so well i'm glad you brought up. and, and yeah. if you have a farm job it's really hard to count your time because you know mm. you may your hourly wage or your monthly salary at your job. And when you came home, you was off the clock, you know, you were just playing with your cows. So right. it is hard if you're not, if you're not really business minded to separate that as that's my after five o'clock business. Yeah, that's right. And if you take my number of six fifty and say, stick a hundred dollars worth of labor on there and let's call it seven fifty, uh, don't even count my own land. Like you should, it's not hard to see that, well, if I spend an extra hundred dollars in feed, you know, that sticks me at eight fifty, and I'm selling calves for an average of 800 bucks. You know, I'm talking about in a commercial operation. Well, there you go. You're negative 50 in a hole. And the, and the reality is, is that, you know, the commercial cattle business can quickly be a break even business. Uh, we have to be uh, ever so mindful of the cost side of things. And, and yeah, we can do some things about revenue. Uh, but, but I, I tell people, yes, I'm in the registered business. And so, you know, my revenue is higher than commercial cattle, but we try to, we try to run the cows at a cost that, that it, where, where, where it doesn't, doesn't matter. And, and we really have to kind of wage, wage a war on that side of things, uh, or, or there's just simply not any money to be made. Well, that's all sounds encouraging. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> Uh, I know that I think we're all kind of in that same boat and, um, we all need to, you know, view this lifestyle of ours, which is, you know, farming is a lifestyle, um, definitely as a business. And if we can do that, then we can make some wiser business choices. Um, but Doyle, do you have any other questions for Bruce before we wrap things up? I don't, unless he's got something else he wants to tell us, I think we can move on. No, I, I just uh, appreciate you guys' time today and, and uh, had fun uh, had fun visiting with you and, you know, and uh, sharing, sharing my opinion right or wrong. Um, 
Well, thanks for doing that, Bruce. But if uh, folks want to reach out to you or find you in internet land, um, are you are you out there? Do you have an email or a website or how can folks reach you? Uh, yes, ma'am. And and yeah, if anybody has any follow-ups to this uh, this interview or, or any questions or wants to visit or anything, uh, um, you know, you can call, call me on my cell phone, which is on my website, uh, Sassafras Valley Ranch. Uh, we've got a Facebook page under the same name, uh, email sassafrasvalleyranch at gmail.com. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely reach out to me uh, in, in any of those ways, message me or uh, uh, email me or whatever. So be glad to visit with you. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Bruce. So appreciate your um, your South Pole storytelling us and uh, you sharing your experience and your advice. So really appreciate you being on the show today. Oh, thank you, guys. Yes, Bruce, really appreciate it. And you, you say opinion, but you know, that's how we learn from each other. So I'm, I'm yeah. sure this is going to help someone. I think I've learned some stuff today. It's slipping me right now, but there's a few times I've been, Hey, that's interesting. That was interesting. You know, a good deal. So. Thank you folks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned a little something I know I definitely do every time I have a conversation with Bruce, so always enjoy having those. Folks, if you want to find out more about the South Pole breed, you can go to the official website at southpole.com. That's southpoll.com. If you are in the social media realm, you can visit us on Facebook. We have two pages. One is the official South Pole Grass Cattle Association page, where we keep you up to date on all the officials. And then we also have a forum where there's a lot of great conversation. If you have any questions, folks are always on there uh, giving their stories and experiences with the cattle breed. So a very interesting and dynamic and diverse group there. And lastly, if you have any requests or insights into the podcast, I know Doyle and I would love to uh, hear from you. So you can reach us at southpolemedia at gmail.com. Thank you, folks, and until next time, happy grazing.